This is the Tech Ali. I am Tabiso, and he is. How's it, everyone? It's Bonga Mangale here, Don Lizes, boy of tech. <laughs> See, I've switched off my my wow. introduction. <laughs> Unbelievable. How how what do you think of that one? <laughs> the listeners will tell us. I have, I, I have no words. I, I'm I trying no to I'm trying to make this it. thing a bit more interesting, man. You you've been complaining about how my my thing is 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 swag, right? So. I'm just trying to make it a bit more interesting for <laughs> for myself and for my listeners, and probably not even feel less awkward. Nah, it's for the listeners. Uh, it's for the listeners and the viewers. The listeners and the viewers yeah. must know who you are when you enter the the stage. I know. I yeah. that'll be fine. Big week. So, big week. Lots of things happening. Yeah. Yes, SA is. is a mess. <laughs> How was the rain this weekend, bruh? <laughs> wow. On my way to Power FM on Saturday morning, my car slipped. Off the freeway a little bit on the fast lane. I wasn't moving too fast, luckily, but I, I did feel a little shift in, in the ground and then underneath me. So that got me a little, a little scared. And so you were saved by something called traction. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I, I understand now why expensive cars are they are so expensive because they do things that we wouldn't even know about. I'm sure if I was taking so my bo- pole, I would have slipped. So Bonga probably tried to throw the car out of whack and the car was telling no, him what are you doing what are you I was, doing what I are was you driving doing? like a normal Joburg citizen <laughs> who drives a BMW in Joburg so oh yes I yes. mean for our listeners and our viewers that don't know Bonga is one of those doesn't use his indicator no no no, no, no. I do Chief. really I do. ever uses his I brake <laughs> just changes lanes whenever he feels like it doesn't respect the speed limits of the road and no, then I do. I'm a model citizen. When you ask him what he tries, he's like, of course. I'm a, model, a I'm a model citizen of how a person who owns a car brand is supposed to drive. <laughs> I can promise you that much. If he's a model citizen that drives the car brand the way it's supposed to be driven, that tells you everything you need to know about that. <laughs> Come on, don't do me like that. <laughs> Yo, what's the mm. first story of the week that we got to discuss? Um, I think what people have been hearing quite uh, a lot about over the last couple of weeks and it's still raining high um, in the news cycle is the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, coronavirus is a big for thing. Those, for those that don't, that don't know by now, the coronavirus obviously is a respiratory, respiratory disease mm-hmm. that has killed around 900 people so far, yep. which is the highest um, since SARS in, from 2003. Yeah. Um, and it's really changing. A whole, it's affecting a whole lot of uh, global trade and global and global travel. Yep. But what is less discussed actually is how the coronavirus has actually affected tech mm. and tech production in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, we've seen that over the last couple of days, a lot of companies have cl- have closed down or shut down their operations. Um, mm-hmm. Major tech companies. Have temporary shut down right now, include, including all of Apple, Samsung, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Tesla, and even Google. Um, and they're moving those that can are keeping their operations in either Taiwan, yeah, either in Taiwan or in Hong Kong. And it's expected that there will be in place. It's actually supposed to have opened by yesterday because they're hoping that the virus is going to be gone by then. So. But the looks of things, it's extending. So China had basically shut down the country for two weeks. So if you worked in a manufacturing plant um, in the center of the country, you were told to stay home for two weeks. And today, people were told to go back to work. And I actually saw a picture um, on Twitter um, of a guy in a train in Shanghai. 
in peak hour traffic in a train or peak uh, in rush hour um, between six and eight in Shanghai. And there was four people in the carriage that you were sitting in. <laughs> and he said normally there'd be over 100 people in the carriage that you were sitting in. So that tells you that all the people that are supposed to be going back to work cannot go to work. Um, and I mean, we've seen company after company announce how they are going to be impacted by the coronavirus. Indeed. So companies after companies are actually even blocking travel. Mm. Facebook has warned against its employees traveling to China for any work-related purposes, even yep. though Facebook doesn't have an office in China. <laughs> Foxconn, which builds um, the the processors for, for some the of the Apple iPhones, iPhones and the iPads, has yeah. also stopped, halted production. They, they are actually... Um, they're one of the major plants is about 200 kilometers away from Wuhan, which was the center of the virus. So they actually had to shut down the whole plant um, and have no workers around at all. Now the difficulty was workers and 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 other and and people in general were trying to move out of Hebei Province, where 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 Wuhan is. And so uh, again, the, you, I think that now, as any listener would would have deduced by now, that affects delivery of new yep. tech a new a new gadget for starters tesla is has delayed delivery of um orders for the tesla model 3 yep. because of because of this we might expect delay a couple of delays in new phones that will be expected for for this year we already know that the iphone 9 yep. from apple might experience a delay because of this it was supposed to be, to have came out in feb it coming out this month. Yes. However, orders announced this month to come out in March, but there's a huge possibility that that might um, not happen anymore because of the coronavirus coming into play. And what's even more interesting that I actually discovered earlier today was that the Mobile World Conference... Mobile World Congress, yes. ...is also <laughs> being affected by, by this. So for those that don't know, the Mobile World Congress is where... Um, most of these phone makers actually meet the beginning of the year to start telling us about the phones that they expect to release over the course of the year. Normally, it's attended by the by the big guys, your Samsung, your Samsungs, and the likes. Apple doesn't necessarily attend. No, because I've, it does its own thing. Does in its own thing. But all the other major tech companies that build smartphones actually meet there. And it was supposed to be in Barcelona this year, or it is in Barcelona this year, but it's expected to be a ghost town because a whole lot of companies, especially those that are based in countries surrounding China mm. or even China for, for that matter, or have employees that frequent China, will not attend the Congress because of re or fears that they might either be aiding in the spreading of the virus or would expose their own employees to any potential risk of people that might be there that have contracted the virus already. Exactly. There's already estimates of putting into numbers what the virus is going to cost you that are listening to this show right now. So the coronavirus is expected to cost the global economy $280 billion in the first quarter of this year. So that's just Jan, Feb, March. So if you think that the coronavirus will not impact you, if you're planning on buying a new car, if you're planning on buying any food that is imported, if you are planning on buying any clothes that are imported, especially if you shop at a shop like Zara, um, or in H&M. All of that stuff is going to be impacted by what is currently happening in China. Because loss, loss in, in trade, loss in production, loss in sales. 
Correct. All of that. And SARS, by by a large measure, only cost the global economy around about forty billion dollars. Yep. So this is almost a seven-time um, deficit that we've experienced in just three months alone. And funny enough, if you ch- if you've checked the the movement in the stock market, most of the companies that are involved in travel and tourism are losing quite big in this, and then companies that are building res- respiratory. Um, devices or asthma pumps like 3M, for example, yeah. have gained quite significantly for from this. So then it so, makes you wonder, is this really a thing that they can't really control or is it started because someone needs to eat? So here's the big, here's <laughs> the thing that, that, that really shocked me. So 3M is one of the biggest makers in the world of face masks. And when the virus broke out, face masks were being sold out in the United States and in Europe. And the virus hadn't even yet arrived. So, <laughs> so you can understand you. the impact <laughs> of what has been happening and, 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 and how this has impacted people all around the world. Movement of people has also been impacted. And, and again, a lot of the technology that we use um, and how we talk to each other and how we move around is run by a lot of these technology platforms. So we spoke about Facebook, we spoke about Twitter, Instagram, the likes. They have a lot of people that work in and around those areas, especially when we talk about Taiwan and Hong Kong, where all of the big tech companies have big presence because those are not necessarily tied to mainland China. Mm. They are more democratic states, especially Hong Kong and and, and Taiwan. Now, what I really find interesting um, is that a lot of um, big airlines have been slow to cancel flights to China, but as the virus has caught on, they've started canceling flights um, at a faster rate. And the other people that are also struggling and and, and losing um, a lot of business um, is luxury cruise liners. So you would have seen recently there was a luxury cruise liner that was leaving Singapore, Thailand, I think it was, and it had 20 people on board confirmed the coronavirus when it left um, the harbor and then during transit the 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 guys on the the medical team on the ship confirmed that this had now grown to 38 cases so so cruise liners are also losing business cruise line i mean their their share prices have also um, tanked airline share prices have also gone down and more and more such as British Airways, US Airways, Delta Airlines, um, um, Air France, a lot of, um, even Etihad, that have flights to mainland China are cancelling their flights to mainland China. So, so, so then, I think it's then safe to warn our listeners that if anyone is waiting for an order coming from abroad, and you, would, you don't want to wait for it for long, like you know how people will be complaining about how they bought things from Wish, for yes. example. If, it, if, it's, if it's taken you four AliExpress. months to... If you if you, if it has taken you four months to get it on a normal cycle, it might just take you close to a year right now at, at, at the rate that things are going because of this virus. Mm. I want us to just quickly touch on the full list of actual companies that have announced that they're no longer attending the Mobile World Congress, mm. and that's Sony, Amazon, Nvidia, LG Electronics, ZTE, and Ericsson. <laughs> They are no longer sending anyone from their companies. Yeah, no one is going to the Congress from their companies. So essentially, it's going to be literally a ghost town. Might as well postpone it to another time until the the virus has been put under control. So then I guess I think it's important just to to be on the lookout and know that what is going on around how the the virus is is, is affecting you. And that's why I wanted to start off with this because I think that it's mm. quite, it's the most important thing that we and everyone who's listening to us is actually aware of right now.
Hmm. And then what's up on your side? Very, very interesting. Now, here's something that I really find very interesting from a story perspective. Um, and I want to be as politically correct as I can <laughs> with the story. Watch your words, Chief. <laughs> this can turn um, very messy very quickly. Um, two weeks ago, um, first of all, let me ask you, Bonga, what was the first PC or laptop you ever used in your life? PC. What brand was it? I think the majority of us would say Microsoft. Right? The PC itself. Hmm. The name. Because oh, the, the first the, thing I ever used was an IBM. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. It was actually an IBM. An IBM. It was an IBM. It was an IBM. And, you know, for the longest time, I had no idea what IBM stood for, but it stands for International Business Machines. <laughs> and they no longer make machines. Swag. So it's very, very interesting. But in the last two weeks, IBM announced that they have a new CEO. And his name is Arvind Krishna, who was the head um, of the cloud business at IBM. He takes over from Jeannie Romiti, who's been CEO for eight years, who, by the way, was the first female CEO of IBM. Um, and I think in the history of IBM, this, um, Arvind Krishna is only the eighth CEO or something ridiculous like that. So they've been around for 130 years and they've only had less than 10 CEOs, which... It's a big lesson for guys and out there on leadership. Also, very handful to 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 be a female at, at the top of that level. Absolutely, there's very stock. few. There's very very few um, female CEOs that run um, S and P five hundred companies or Forbes five hundred companies. Mm. Um, but yeah, the story is more interesting for me because there's now this wave taking place in American tech, where if we are in trouble as a company. If we are losing market share, um, we must bring in a certain kind of demographic of person to come and help save us. <laughs> I kid you not. This is what big American tech has done. So in the last five or six years, the following people have been appointed into their jobs. And, and, and you will see what I mean. Google and Alphabet hired a little-known guy called Sunda Pichai okay. mm -hmm. from India. I actually didn't know him until one of the Google conferences like a year or two ago. Exactly. And he's been, he was seen as a superstar at Google. And he's also known as a nice guy. <laughs> Microsoft hired a guy called, and this name always kills Bonga, Satya, Satya <laughs> Nadella. And he is also from India. And he is also... A nice guy. What kills me about his name, though, is how it's written. Psyche, as if like it's tossed <laughs> and eaten or something like that. that. That cracks me up. Now, here's a company that we all used to use and then it fell off and all of a sudden came back as well. Adobe hired an, another guy called Shantanu Narayan. And where's he from? India. India. Mm -hmm. And the final company that I'd like to tell you about is MasterCard. And oh. they also oh, hired yes, a guy yes, called yes, yes, yes. AJ Bangra, yeah, who's no, no, no. from India. Yeah, with the little the tur <laughs> turban thing. Now, yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen him, I've seen. This thing is really starting to take over Silicon Valley. And there are a lot of other talented Indian executives who are running around in the US doing good things, turning companies around. Now, the first, the, all four of these CEOs that I mentioned took over when all four of these companies were in precarious positions. Mm. Google, they were facing the Andy Rubin scandal. Oh, um, yeah, yes. 
Larry Page. The only Ruben scandal is that of the Android exec that was paid correct. 200 million because of sexual harassment. <laughs> Absolutely. And asked to leave, right? Absolutely. And okay. that, that particular um, pay package was apparently decided upon by um, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, and Eric Schmidt, who used to be the CEO of, 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 of Google. Imagine. Um, Satya Nadella so. took over Microsoft when it was becoming absolutely irrelevant. Some of us wondered whether or not Microsoft would even exist <laughs> in 20 years' time. And look at what he's done with the Xbox. I still can't believe there are people out there who prefer Xbox over PlayStation, but they are. <laughs> and um, it keeps getting more and more heated. Look at what he's done with Microsoft um, Azure, which is their, their, their cloud business, which competes with um, Amazon, Amazon Web Services. Yeah. And look at what he has and done. It's actually leading the market exactly. in cloud computing. Look at what he has done with Office, where he has turned it from selling physical um, Office on a once-off basis to a person um, who buys a new laptop to selling it as software, as a service. Yes, so you subscribe to Office on an annual basis, on a monthly basis, and you get the whole stack, or you get pieces of the stack. Um, and it's actually quite an, an exciting product now. Absolutely. To, to be absolutely. He's, I, made, I, he's I, made those changes. I like how it, the path that Microsoft has taken. Look at the changes that Shantanu Narayan has done at Adobe. I mean, we can still remember four or five years ago when Acrobat Reader was dead as a PDF reader. Yeah, it was um, dull. It was very dull. <laughs> and if you look that. at what they've done now, and you look at some of the other things that they're doing in software as a service, awesome stuff. AJ at MasterCard. Um, I mean, people forget that MasterCard and Visa were amongst the first fintech plays that mm. we ever had. Those are fintech plays where they process yeah. payments. Um, and if you look at the stock prices of, of, of any of these four companies, since these guys have been in charge, you are looking at 100, 200, 300% returns. Google, trillion dollar company. Microsoft, trillion dollar company. Um, MasterCard, and, and, and its biggest competitor, Visa, if you had bought them in the year 2000 or in the year 2010, you would be up double, triple, or quadruple what you yeah, had invested investment. at that time. And the same for Adobe. So IBM is doing exactly the same thing with Arvind Krishna. And of course, they've just acquired a company called Red Hat to be able to compete with Microsoft, Google, and, and Amazon Web Services in cloud computing. And of course, they had basically the first self-aware um, piece of AI technology with Watson, mm. and they still haven't commercialized it um, to, to what we thought it Watson be. could be commercialized as. So there's a lot for Arvind to do, but if you look at what the Indian CEOs have done in the past, um, this is, is, this is, it's possible that he could be the fifth to do the same um, in the tech world. Well, that definitely does put a lot of pressure on him to, to deliver because clearly the other guys have came to to show themselves as superstars. So that's something that needs to, to be kept in mind that their experiences are not the same. But also, it then tells you, first and foremost, about the power of, div of diversity. Yes. Because th those people come in with a different, a different and a novel approach in what is seen as a classic American company that does classic American things and that we they only know what they know about their little world and that mm. they are the world leaders and that everyone is supposed to follow them. I mean, we were having a conversation before we started, started this recording about how I was talking about why American football is 
like rugby but almost different to rugby with almost the similar rules then yep. you start seeing all the other sports that they have where this thing is a trend yep. so then if you're having an american company that always has american um, leadership and american only um staff compliment you also get the same kind of you mm. also get the same kind of dullness and approach in the work in the ways of working i think that is why south africa is such a great com- place for for business because even though it's largely populated by black people it's diverse in the in in the form of culture and language yeah. the people that of all the people that are in here so yes. that in its own right proves to you that diversity really has a path that can drive things forward and countries that are less diverse tend to to be struggling like mm-hmm. in the u.s because if you look at companies um in australia for example yeah australia has almost perfected the art of of diversity and it's quite thriving in that that's what canada is trying to is, is trying yeah. to move into as well and, so, and they are they have opened up literally their borders to 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 um, expats, mm. um, they've opened up their borders to to guys with skill from foreign countries. So you know, and a lot of these people can move to Canada. A lot of these countries are very open, are very open to that. I mean, I have a friend who literally left SA tonight this mm. evening to go and start a new job in Kuwait. Mm. At the, the National Bank, there his expertise is in testing, I believe. So he's been hired over that side to go and start to start a whole new life there. And I think that it's quite exciting to to do that. The one other thing that I wanted to add on to what you were talking about is that this actually speaks onto a larger picture of how um, this is, this is a video that I actually shared on my Twitter account earlier of how India mm. is actually becoming its own Silicon Valley. Yes. Yes. So a whole lot of these big companies you are actually outsourcing the work that is being done, uh, outsourcing the IT work, and it's outsourced to India. South Africa is, is no different as well, especially when it comes to developers and software testers. We, mm. are, we hire a lot of those guys from outside of, the, outside of the country. They come in with those expert skills, and when they leave school coming here straight directly, and then they that's all that they do. And now, even another more interesting thing is that a lot of, previously it would be the top performers mm. in in business or in IT business that side or IT work would make it to the top then make sure that they leave in as fast as they can and then they yes. never come back right but that's How, changing that's changing now because of the growth in, in in IT and the IT opportunity they actually leave those that leave and then they, they go, ask, learn, they, come they back. go learn come back and some are not even are not even leaving at all Correct. they're saying we're now trying to fix our country and put it to make sure that it actually is becoming absolutely the world and I mean if you look there are a number of big businesses in India that have been built on exactly what you're talking about. Um, Infosize was mm-hmm. built on the back of that. Wipro, uh, Genpact, Tata. People mm-hmm. think that Tata only makes cars. They don't know that. Tata is a conglomerate. <laughs> um, Mahindra. And so you do have a lot of this happening in India. And the recent one, actually an interesting one, is a company called... Um, Flipkart, I think if I remember correctly, which was recently bought by Walmart and used to actually be owned or partly owned by South Africa's NASPERS, mm. the big Indian um, um, shopping business. And I think NASPERS got $2 billion from, from Walmart for that acquisition. So, yes, that is, that is why what I wanted to get to was you've got India as a country, which is a melting pot for talent, both in the tech space, but 
increasingly in other spaces as well, such as finance, such as engineering, um, and and those types of fields. And um, another place which is you're going to see in the next five to ten years, which is doing exactly the same thing, but they've sort of flipped it around, was what you were talking about, is China. So what China is doing is they're actually pushing people out of the country to go and pick up those necessary skills. So whether they send them to You've seen plenty of Chinese people on the African continent, whether it be in Zambia, Uganda, South Africa, Rwanda, um, on the west coast of the e of the U.S., going to Stanford um, University of California, Berkeley, um, or going to Boston, to Harvard or MIT, going into France and Switzerland or Spain, learning those particular skills, and then coming back home and applying those skills in the Chinese economy. But then China is a different is a different kind of devil, though. We need to keep in mind that the their intentions are quite questionable to a certain extent <laughs> in how they operate. I mean, to exactly to your point of what you're talking about now about about um, China getting people out to learn and coming back, it's also in the same breath getting people out to put in their own influence. So that that place changes to what they want. Absolutely. So if you think about the China, the this new one belt thing one road, of bridges, one belt, one road, yes, one belt, one road, and how that is, they will put an expensive infrastructure in a country that can't afford it, and then they turn around and say that payback is by the country giving the giving this debt to them. Yeah, China is a, is a little, but I, I get what you mean. So you just have to keep an open mind when you're dealing you, with China specifically. You always have to keep an open mind regardless of whether you're dealing with China or the US. So there are two things that I'll say to that. One is China is the most populous country on the planet. So we should never think that they do not want to be the biggest in terms of economy, in terms of influence, in terms of how they move around on a global sphere. That's that's It's sort of for them, sounds unfair that they are not the biggest economy already. So <laughs> it's already a fight between them and the U.S. because of that. The second one is that, you know, what China is doing today is no different to what the French did in the 16th century, to what the British did in the 18th and the 17th century, to the Ottoman Empire, to the Roman Empire, to the American Empire. There's no difference. It's just that we live in an age of technology where the world is so integrated that everybody sees you coming. So yeah. no one saw the Romans coming. <laughs> no one well, we saw we the British China coming. coming but right we can <laughs> see the Chinese coming. That's the only difference that you've got. But how we stop them is going to be very difficult because they do have 1.4 billion people, so they can actually throw them around. I mean, if we go back to the coronavirus story, Wuhan is a city of 11 million people. Bigger than New York, bigger than Madrid, bigger than Paris, bigger than London way bigger than Joburg. So think about Wuhan, the city that no one outside of China knew existed, is bigger than all of those cities, which we all know exist. Mm. Well, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to see, but I think that we should really keep in mind that India is coming and it's coming quite, quite India's fast coming. And, and quite hard. So <laughs> very, if, very you, true. if you want to be one of those people that have been underestimating it or, or didn't know much about it except for being a very populous country, you really might want to open your eyes a bit more and, and learn about the country because what it's coming with might have an impact to you as a common man on the street, even in SA right now, because any of the products that are South African built that are mostly common or, or famous most likely have been built by a resource that was that is either based in india mm -hmm. or was imported from india to come and work on on that particular tech product in the country 
So that's, that's, that's something to, 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 to keep in mind. Now, moving along, um, this afternoon I found a very interesting article uh, about how web traffic mm. globally has increased um, and most of the web traffic is actually re- driven by mobile. So yeah. what, what this, this report um, says that on average, globally, of the top 100 website, websites that receive web traffic, mm-hmm. they receive around about 223 billion unique, unique site visits each month. <laughs> That's how big it is. This is, this is an 8% jump from, from 2018 and an 11.8% uh, jump if you're looking at from 2017. And what is also interesting about this, though, is that I'm just I'm, I'm trying to I remember my, my stats from here is that people are now spending, spend less time on each page that is visited mm. on their phone. So you, when you go to a page, you quickly log in, log out, <laughs> and you, don't, you spend, on average, that is dropped by 49 seconds, the time that people spend on, on each of the sites that they visit. And then now you might wonder, which sites do people visit? Can you take a wild guess which one is number one? category of sites that they visit the most category mm-hmm. social media nope really google no talking category like uh, was it health sports whatever think, think of it there, oh yeah. which was number one on mobile on visit. mobile mm. probably sport nope it's actually porn oh that makes sense <laughs> 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 I thought of saying it and then being this is a podcast must so be. so at porn leads the amount of visits that tra- the amount of web traffic globally on a mobile and we're talking about an 80 20 split here seriously mm. sure and then slowly you guys need help man <laughs> so if if I'm checking here let me just check yeah, so 80 so percent of porn Searches in fact, in fact, ninety percent traffic right? is mobile. Yes, mobile. So either through a Actually, phone or sense. an iPad. That yeah, I mean, who would want to watch? <laughs> it's so cumbersome <laughs> to watch a video on a laptop. True. Or a PC. True. So. So to yeah to 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 do it while on the move sort of sort of that makes sense to me. So what what what, so, what so, was second? So so the 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 top top five is adult. <laughs> then it's gambling, gambling food, makes it. food and drinks, pets and animals, health. Then it's community and society, sports and lifestyle. Sports and lifestyle is quite mm. low. So gambling makes sense to me considering the sudden rush and increase in online sports betting. Yes. I mean, yes, that's indeed. been a big thing for the past two or three years, whether... Whether it's Triple Eight Bet in SA, we know Betway is 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 very very popular. Uh, sort of waned a bit as twenty twenty has started, but I mean, towards the end of twenty nineteen, Betway was like the biggest thing in South Africa. I mean, it it, it has two billboards on the M one. Mm. 
alone M1 South if you're coming off from Woodmead driving yes. towards town and I'm one. assuming they had a massive marketing drive because that's all people were talking about I mean of course in so, October so, I mean November. to be able to invest on, on it that much and then of course how then it, 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 it innovates to partner with, with, with certain institutions I mean we know that it's partnering with a certain financial institution yeah. for people to be able to draw out their money faster once they, they've made their winnings so it, it is quite ama- an amazing feat to me, what always interests me, sorry to disturb yeah. you, what always interests me is two things. One, we tend to forget how young the internet actually really is. is. I mean, yeah. the internet is younger than you and I. <laughs> In context, yes. Because it was what, 91? Early 90s. Early 90s, Yeah, yes. well, let's call it 91, because I think mm. that's when World Wide Web was, was, was formally formed. formed. So let's call it 91. That's younger than both you and I, and, and, and younger than many of our listeners. Um, some obviously are a bit younger, but you wouldn't have been old enough. Some of you weren't old enough to do anything when the internet became a thing. Mm. So that's number one. The second thing is I would love to see stats of how much that web traffic has exponentially grown since 2007. And the reason why I've picked 2007, that was the year of the first iPhone. Oh, yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. True. When we talk about now porn searches being 80, 20, 90, 10 from a mobile um, and PC perspective, it would be interesting to see at what point that inflection point occurred for, that, that allowed that web traffic to increase so much. Because to be honest, today the phone, and I, 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 people can talk about LGs, Samsungs, whatever, but the iPhone for me is what has dramatically increased people's access to the internet and their ability to do things because of what this device can do. And probably also that desire to trust their phone that yes. it gets secure enough for them to be able to execute, execute, execute the, the, those because transactions. Because the other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about the, the point of reference is I'd like to see the data on Reliance on Mobile since 2008 given the world crash. Yes. From that point, for coming from that point forward, it's 2007. The iPhone was still quite an expensive, not so easy to attain kind of device. So it may have been there, but it would it would have been innovative for the top earners that it could afford it. But mm-hmm. I think that in terms of the businesses and them relying on mobile from 2008 coming all the way to now, how has that made made, made an impact? But anyway, moving along. So here's now another interesting thing. We've already said the increase in 223 billion visits mm. and that the mostly visited um, sites was mostly adult content. <laughs> now, the other part of this is that news um, sites yep. lost traffic by 4 billion. News sites lost traffic. Uh-huh. Oh, but that makes sense. News sites lost traffic. I've by got four, Facebook by, and by Twitter for my news. I don't. I <laughs> do not need Sunday Times, um, Business Day, The Star, Citizen, Daily Sun. Daily. <laughs> Twitter's my Daily Sun. Facebook is my Daily Sun. True. I mean, and you would have gotten all the facts on there before you even read the article. Absolutely. The and place. I mean, I mean, if you look at the way in which. Um, information providers are now using Twitter. They've got some of the biggest pages out there. And they catch on to so-called scoops now as quickly as we catch on to them. The only thing that they do now, and I've, I've seen them improve, is 
when a story breaks online is they're able to then go and investigate deeper and come back with the full story that tells you how it happened so we a classic example for me is we all found out about carlos Ghosn disappearing from japan <laughs> yes. to yes. lebanon on yes. twitter mm. And mm. only three, four, five weeks later were the news sites now starting to piece together that the fact that he got into a car in Tokyo and went to Osaka. Then, then he, he got flew. into that musical instrument box or whatever it was. So It's like a spy movie. It's like man. a proper spy movie, <laughs> but we all were watching it on Twitter rather than actually reading it in the papers on a Sunday morning. True. So, I mean, that's, the, that, that's another thing. But interestingly now, speaking of social media, its, it's traffic remained the same. At about 12.8 billion <laughs> visits. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So it remained the same. However, the top 10 of the most famous websites mm. increased in popularity and reach by over 167 billion visits of the top 10 combined. And are all those top 10 porn sites? <laughs> well, do you know the top 10? YouTube, Google, well, Facebook. Yeah, YouTube is very popular. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a very interesting story. It actually ties in nicely with just something we can touch on before we get to, to a new segment of the show. Mm. Oh, by the way, before, before, before you move on, I just wanted to yes. add something else. Yahoo lost 33.6% traffic in 2018, and that continues to, to happen even now. <laughs> so it's really seeing fires. Hey, but then Yahoo. Facebook, I'm sorry, um, YouTube mm. is outperforming Facebook in terms of visits by a mile. Facebook, Facebook is uh, peaked at about 130 million visits in 2019 as of this report. YouTube reached 180. So YouTube million is, we'll say, second most popular after porn. So you guys watch a lot of porn and you watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> but it's good that you watch a lot of YouTube. YouTube has a lot of interesting things on there. Um, Indeed. And. I learned more from YouTube than I do from anything else these yeah, days. You just, just plug learning, in whatever. Pe people are learning, are learning a, bit, a, bit, a bit more from there. So. And, and that's very interesting that you talk about web traffic and all of that stuff because here's, here's a nice paragraph that I just want to read to, 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 to touch on that. Before the age of awareness, people conversed via blog posts, threads in online discussion forums, or email chain. You read, you read someone's missive, pondered it, and wrote it back. It was newfangled and digital, sure, but it nonetheless echoed the tempo of industrial life. The postal service in the Victorian period, bickering with fellow citizens in letters to the editor. Did you ever write a letter to an editor when you read a story and oh, then complained hell about... No. hell no. I know that... <laughs> that used I, to be very a very big thing to do. You read the Sunday to, paper remember, and then you used to write back not saying... Even, not even the Sunday papers. Ever, remember the thing called Reader's Digest? Yes, yes. People used to write back to exactly. the editors quite a lot back then. And that, by the way, is, if you think about it, the non-digital or the non-back and forth that we now know today as Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> Sounds old, eh? Think about how young email is as a technology. Think about how young blog posts are as a technology or online discussion forums, some of which are still used. And yet, the big things that people have gravitated towards are Twitter and Facebook, all because of their immediacy in terms of being able to respond to people's status updates. I mean, 
do we even still call status updates status updates? I mean, those th- that used to be a big thing when people used to actually think about their status Statuses, update. Yeah. I'm currently cooking. Do you remember those ones? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We have to, by the way, not give BlackBerry its props on that. Yes. Because if you think about BBM, it was one of the market leaders in statuses. Absolutely. People, people were obsessed in having people uh, having others in that BBM so they know what their status is. We have a whole song from um, what is this group? Liquid Deep. Liquid Deep. Check BBM. Check BBM. Yep. This is a whole <laughs> entire. There was an entire jam on 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 on, sta- on statuses. Absolutely. And I mean, the the statuses was the start of it. And what ended up happening was we all became used to being able to express ourselves in 140 characters or less. Mm. Do you remember those days? Now Indeed. we have 280, but I mean, Still, there was a time we, we, were, we were happy it with 140 It actually affected how I, how I do my writing because now <laughs> I try to make you had it to as, think how as, short and concise as, can as, I yeah, be? Yeah, short and concise. And that's, now, that's how I write my, my documents now. How I even try and speak as well whenever I try and win in conversation. So I think that it's, it's, it's quite important. And now people um, write or think in threads. <laughs> now threads are the big thing. Uh, they spend their time threading. These are my thoughts. They spend their time threading stories, um, and Which that takes us back. Well, some of them will be fake, but that takes us back to the email, uh, the blog post era, or the online discussion forums, because that is the back and forth that used to happen on those particular um, um, blog posts. Um, and I mean, you know, we talk about um, when you talk about. Facebook lagging YouTube or social media as an activity and news lagging pornography. Um, but all social media has reformed itself or made itself around those two or three things, which are the status update and the stream or the timeline. Those are, those are now how everything looks. Instagram has a timeline. Twitter has a timeline. Uh, I've, I haven't been on Facebook in two years, so I don't know how the homepage looks now. It's it still called the newsfeed. It basically has a timeline if you think about it. Still at newsfeed, but it's the I same thing. I mean, newsfeed was the biggest thing ever when it came out back in, That's the, same in thing, the late yeah. 2000s. Um, we now speak in hashtags. <laughs> oh, companies of mar- marketing in itself, when you think about it, it's literally a series of hashtags and engagement. And if you think about all of these things, are actually back to your point have increased the amount of time we spend online. They have increased the amount of web traffic because all of those things are accessing the internet. Um, and now humans are able to log in and log out whenever they need to. Um, and, I mean, people are spending, what, two, three, four hours a day um, on the internet, searching stuff, they, looking they up to are, stuff. But they are not spending too much time on, on certain pages. So, yes. it's, so it's about... You they, log in they many, are many Yeah, they lo- you log in on many pages, but when you log in, you, as soon as you you come in and you and you and you leave, or maybe you're looking for a certain yes. piece of information that's already on the page as you come in, and then you get it at that point in time, then you leave almost instantaneously. So uh, this, as fast as you as you as you get it. This reminds me of an old thing that retailers used to speak about called share of wallet. If you remember, we used to fight for your wallet. So Bonga had let's say, disposable income of a thousand rand a month. Mm. And that's what Bonga had. And Pick and Pay would fight for their 300 bucks. And Checkers or ShopRite would fight for their 300 bucks. And Woolies would fight for its 300 bucks. And then Poor Spa would fight for the 100 bucks that was remaining. (laughs) Now you've got the same thing. Where 
let's say a person has eight hours or ten hours um, that is their share of wallet from a from an internet perspective it's share of time basically exactly three hours is spent on youtube an hour is spent on facebook two hours is spent on google search another hour is spent on instagram because you know you got to get that content out <laughs> and then finally before you sleep you got to get them fire tweets out with two more hours and so it's this it's a similar type of thing where you're fighting for that person's attention hmm. um, and their share of time because why you need to advertise to them and generate that revenue and so and so i think i i found this quite important because i think that as we are continuously growing um as individuals that a are crazy about creating content mm. we, are, we are also in the business of creating content um people that want to have side businesses where they're selling something or offering a service all of that in any business you now have to start thinking if i am going to start this business or i want to grow it how do i get into the mobile trade to the mobile wave mm. for this to reach as many people as possible because clearly people are still about the internet but they are not necessarily about desktop they are more about mobile yes and so how do you build how do you build your work if you're working like in a professional environment how yeah. do you take your task right now make them work for you in mobile yep. or if a person who's starting something on the side or a business how do you make your thing so innovative that it includes mobile in some way in your process yep so such very, that very important. a person has power has the ability and power to interact with the services no matter wherever they are mm -hmm. and still get the same experience that they would get if they were to physically be at your store or you physically came to them no, no, very, very and important. so if you listen to this and you have a bright idea in your head about a business or you are a person who's growing your business currently or running a business, try and start to think that how is how your mobile strategy, how is it looking like right now? Do mm. you have one? If yes, how is it performing for you? Can you make it a better experience? Or you have the devices, the cent well, not the center, but as close to centricity in operations as you can so that mm -hmm. to make it more efficient and, and, and accessible for everyone. So perhaps those are the kind of things that you need to put into thought um, in for 2020 to grow to grow your business. Cool. No, yeah. very, very interesting. So new segment on the show for 2020 because you know we've got to bring nice things. <laughs> Bonga. Sure. Who's your tech winner of the week? Hmm. My tech winner of the week has to be um, YouTube, okay. Google. Oof. So for those of you that don't know, Google released its performance results, financial results not so long ago, and it turns out that on YouTube alone, Google has made $15 billion in revenue. Oof, that's a lot of money. That is a, a big, big, big win. You might think that it, it might be a GDP of a small country. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a GDP of a, of a small country. And I think that it actually shows in how the the amount of time that people spend on on YouTube learning stuff, mm -hmm. creating con creating content, consuming content. I mean, you know, we we have people that are top earners. Um, I think in SA, from a South African point of view, a lot of the guys that are are posting content about travel, yeah, makeup. Yeah. There's like a makeup channel, and they're monetizing everywhere. their channels, and, and it is because the views are are, are are doing great, and it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite amazing to see that all everyone now you really think that you you get a phone, you buy some lighting equipment, you you buy a tripod, and you start get recording. A mic, you start you you can start this thing in under a week. I think 
this is number one. This is the first time that um, Alphabet has um, shown us the earnings of of YouTube. They've always shown Google together as one. It's the first time that they ever separated out YouTube's earnings. What I really find interesting when Google initially purchased YouTube in two thousand and five. For a billion dollars, everybody thought they overpaid because YouTube at the time was still young um, in terms of video content and they had no path to revenue generation. Mm. So from zero to 15, uh, number one, obviously, is already a success story. But I don't think anybody thought it was that big. So that's actually quite an impressive number. And so and so I think that I think that the whole point of moving to YouTube premium, though, might actually boost those numbers because if you get a hold of people that are willing to pay premium to not have any advert to not have any ads on their site and enjoy the experience it might work out better for them like so, I'm one so of, here's i'm one of those people that currently are paying for youtube premium and you might think that i'm wasting money but honestly as a person who's been using it for the past couple of months it's worth the investment <laughs> i can promise you that much. so that's why youtube is my winner cool my tech winner of the week, and he didn't even do anything. He just happened to be in Cape Town last week Friday playing tennis with Trevor Noah, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal. And then I wake up this morning or yesterday, and apparently he'd commissioned a yacht. It turns out he oh. didn't say anything about the yacht, but he went viral. Swag. Mr. Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw about that. It was worth $500 million. So six hundred and fifty million US dollars, oh which equates God. to about ten billion rand. Oh my God. And I there are very few people with ten billion rand. So speaking of that, I actually um was in Cape Town last no no, no this is not last two day. years ago. No, twenty eighteen. And you saw Paul Allen's Paul Allen's yacht. Paul, Paul Allen's yacht. <laughs> mm. A work of art. And that yacht is about uh, was valued at hundred million dollars, I think. At so the that time. was at the time it was built. Um, that was the biggest uh, yacht in the world. And mm. then, of course, you know, billionaires like outnumbering each other. So Roman Abramovich went and built a bigger one. <laughs> Those of you that don't know Paul Allen, Paul Allen was the co-founder of Microsoft who died, uh, passed away in 2018. Due to cancer, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What I like, at least they told us about the yacht. So the yacht is apparently hydrogen powered. Ooh, very, okay. very interesting. Um, complete with an infinity pool, helipad, hey, spa, and Jim. Eh. But guys, stop saying Bill Gates commissioned to order this thing because he couldn't afford Gucci. Please, <laughs> let's just stop that discussion. Gucci is beyond his, no longer his, his play grade. He doesn't even care <laughs> about that. By the way, what I really, did you watch the tennis um, on Friday? Did you see any of the tennis? Uh, no, unfortunately. Honestly, I was not. It I was the funniest watch. thing ever. So there's Rafa Nadal wearing his um, personal um, Richard Mille RM23. Rashad Nadal is the biggest endorser of Richard Mille watches. There's Roger Federer on the other side playing in a platinum Rolex Sky Dweller, which is the watch that he endorses. Um, both of those watches cost between um, half a million to two million rand um, retail price. And we all know Trevor Noah is a big collector of watches. He has Richard Mille's, he has Audemars Piguet's, and he has... Patek Philippe's, as well as Rolex's. Um, I didn't catch a glimpse of what he was wearing, but I'm sure he was wearing nothing. But there was Uncle Bill, wearing the watch that he's always been spotted wearing for the last 25 years. 
a Casio. Swag. <laughs> um, why, why touch it when it works? <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I think that was that was uh, that's that's quite interesting. Cool. Now let's move on to our tech losers of the week. And Bonga has a very interesting one. I like this one. <laughs> So my 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 one actually um I want I wanted to say I think I have two. So okay. I want to actually mention both of them. The first one being telecom obviously. Telcom. Um because uh if you follow me for a while you know I've I've had many loyal servicing, customers servicing complaints <laughs> regarding them but I, I've been with them for for a number of years in fact my current service provider for my phone is telecom and I'm not I'm not about to change anytime soon. <laughs> However, an article came out this morning about how they're saying that WhatsApp is partly to blame for the retrenchment because of how people are just, they are no longer utilizing your good old SMSs to communicate <laughs> with each other. People are making less, less calls. People are relying, especially with WhatsApp, I mean, with the rise in the efficiency of WhatsApp video calls, the efficiency of, of WhatsApp text messaging, which is free. People want to take that as, a, as, a, as an alternative to, to a paid-for service that used to be a big thing. And, I mean, we've, we now know that there's been a, quite a decline in copper sales, also ADSL. People are no longer taking up ADSL package to a point that Telcom even stopped mentioning ADSL sales whenever they release their results. They're no longer selling ADSL as a product to anyone. So we have tons and tons of copper lying underneath us as an infrastructure, but that no one is really utilizing. So I think that they are really losing out on that. It's quite sad that there has to be, there are so many jobs that are at risk, whereas they but should be appropriating them, appropriating those correctly, maybe. Um, let's not blame WhatsApp and Fiverr for the loss <laughs> of jobs, please. Please. Uh, I'm not an insider at Telcom, but surely there's a better explanation for the job losses. Yeah, so, but, well, I mean, you can always, there's always easier to blame the external environment than, than not putting some blame in your environment hmm. and probably a lack in foresight. Your inability, in how to, your inability to plan. Plan, change. And I think Telcom would have had much more reach in selling fiber, but I, I don't think that they've been selling it as well or as aggressively as the other businesses mm. because of probably partly how big it is. Yep. Maybe then some else or some level of bureaucracy. Yep. So it, it no, definitely, absolutely. there's more to it than just blaming WhatsApp or, or um, yeah, WhatsApp or any other of these new, new technologies. Emerging, emerging, uh, technologies. The other one is what happened in the U.S. about the <laughs> Iowa caucus. So uh, for those of you that don't, that don't know, America right now is going through a round where um, the respective demo uh, parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, are going state by state, choosing who's going to be vying for the um, for presidency election. elections in later, November this year. later in the year, in November. Mm. So in one of the states in Iowa, the Democratic Party decided to use an app to count their votes <laughs> for, for the caucus, as opposed to paper-based as how we normally do. And the state had, co had actually promised that it's going to work fine, it's been built alongside with the Democrats, and it's going to work correctly. But then guess what? On the date of voting, after the votes have been casted in and it's supposed to time to start um, counting the votes, the app crashed. 
and when it crashed or at least they claimed it crashed (laughs) but all in all it crashed and it disappeared with a number of votes which delayed the counting by nearly by more than six hours i believe we didn't get the results for three to four days yeah three to four days. and even when they came they couldn't declare who won (laughs) well eventually they they declared that um pete Buttigieg won iowa which is which is, by the way, his home state. state. But then, he is the mayor of Des Moines. Yes. Somewhere there. Maine or, or something there. But the thing, the funny thing is that he won in the same way as how Trump won the elections. So he won through something called the Electoral College where they do not count how the total number of votes, but they're counting who voted for you. And not everyone has the same. Mm. Not everyone's vo- vote weighs the same. Certain districts have more, more power than, than other districts. Usually the rural, the rural districts have more power than the more than the urban, urban districts. Because urban, so, the urban so districts are who vote for Democrats and the rurals are who vote for Republicans. Republicans. Mostly. And yeah. so it happened that Bernie Sanders won the popular vote, mm-hmm. but Pete won the actual vote because of their, their supposed electoral college. Now, it's like quite complicated. tomorrow, they go to New Hampshire, mm. which was one of the first cities in the US after the colonials arrived from Britain. Anyway, tomorrow <laughs> they go to New Hampshire. I hope they are using <laughs> physical ballots. I hope so too, because <laughs> it's interesting if they're trying to do that. But I think that app is going to be put on freeze until... Um, uh, yeah, until another time, hopefully. And you? No, I like those. I like those losers. My loser of the week is a term that we've been hearing for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And it didn't work. Philosophy. What do you mean, philosophy? I'm not so following. So, at the if you remember at the beginning of the year, our good old friend Load Shedding returned. Yeah. And our friends at Escom promised that they would put in place a philosophy where, you know, between the hours of 4 to 6 in the afternoon and 6 to 9 a.m. in the morning, we would not be (laughs) load-shaped. As a way of not disturbing peak hour, rush hour traffic (laughs) and when people needed to shower in the morning and get ready for work. (laughs) But what happened, Bong, (laughs) is we've just completed a full week, a full week of stage 2 load-shedding. Where has the philosophy gone now? Well, philosophies are nothing more than just a concept, right? So I guess it's one thing to speak on, it's just another thing to, to execute it. We will never know. So, guys, if any of you are interested in studying a simple concept called supply and demand, your case study should be ESCOM and its inability to deliver <laughs> power because load shedding so you can have philosophies you can make promises you can talk but load shedding as a as a manifestation is simply a short for between power demanded or, or electricity demand and the available supply so if the demand is 20,000 and your supply is 15,000 you can promise localized load shedding. <laughs> you can promise artificial uh, bringing back of the power between four and six or six and nine, whatever the times you choose. But simply put, if demand cannot meet, if supply cannot, cannot meet, meet demand, demand you have an issue. 
So philosophies aside, SCOM, you are my loser of the week. Yeah, no, it's true. Hopefully they, they get back on uh, back to their senses. I know that they said they are putting us on stage one this week, which <laughs> apparently is supposed to be lesser in time than the others, but that yet remains to be seen. So we'll see. So the one other thing that we're trying to gonna try and um, keep with as well is uh, providing tech tips where we can uh, where we can find one that we think is useful to you as a, yeah. as our listener and one of them for this week is that it's just a reminder that for anyone who is still using Windows 7 you need to upgrade to Windows 10 yes as soon as possible because Windows has, ca- has cut out support for Windows 7 and what that means essentially is that it is no longer releasing any kind of software patches or upgrades so if you have a virus that attacks Windows 7 right now Microsoft will not be able to do anything for you so you have to upgrade that to, Win- to Windows 10 as soon mm-hmm. as you possibly can and you can be able to do it for free we will share um, a article or a link to CNET on our on our social media pages where you can find this information. But essentially, there's a tool that Microsoft released that still works that allows you to go there and then you can do- you you download a copy of um, Windows 10 onto your machine and it does the upgrade for you, provided that the window the copy of Windows 7 that you have is legit. So obviously, if you got a cracked version of Windows 7 somewhere, somewhere, and you installed that on your machine, this will definitely won't work for you. Hmm. So just that's one small thing that we're just going to share um, on the on this episode with you guys and, and how to, to get that information. Cool. No. Great tech tip of the week. Um, and guys, please, during the course of the week um, or on the weekend, if you have any uh, tech tips that you would like us to discuss on the show or if you have any questions send them through uh, take winner of the week let us know or take loser yeah. of the week um, <laughs> let us know um, but again another great episode um, I am Tabiso Shabalala and you can find me at Tabiso underscore XT that's Bonga Mangele you can find him at underscore Bonga but most of you follow him already <laughs> and we are Take Ali Pod um, on all platforms or including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. What else? Where else are we? Spotify. Spotify. Oh, yes. We're Apple on Spotify now. Spotify, yes. <laughs> um, Spotify, and of course, Spotify. we're on Twitter and on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, we're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere. But yeah, um, once again, thank you for listening in for, for this week. Don't forget to get in touch with us, like our Tabiso has mentioned. And uh, yeah, till next week, man. We out. Cheers. Cheers, cheers.